Here we go. Hey, dear sister. So what makes being a Christian unfair? And what can you do about it, right? What are the benefits of being a Christian? So the, today's episode, I just want to say, you know, we are in this heart transformation series, right? And we have been diving into what heart transformation is all about. And I was in the shower one morning uh, and I I was thinking to myself and I said, Lord, you know, the heart transformation series is dense and heavy and it's it's one of those topics where that's why people don't talk about it. You know, people brush over it. And this assignment that you've given me as my purpose is really one that can be very heavy for a lot of people. So the next episode, can we just make it a little bit lighter, like a little bit lighter? <laughs> um, so planning on sharing the next installment of the heart transformation series but you know i guess the lord heard my thoughts because this episode is part of the heart transformation series but it's on the lighter side to the questions i asked earlier you know what are the benefits of being a christian and is it even worth it and you know why do i have to suffer so much and all these questions that for me you know growing up as a christian girl i really did not know these things that i'm going to share with you today and so god heard me and was like hey talk about something light and yet transformational. And so today's topic is going to focus on, you know, the lighter parts of us that we we ought to bring into awareness as well. But we're also going to dive into, again, the heart. We're still going to talk about the heart. So this topic landed on me. Being a Christian can sometimes be unfair. Seriously, it can sometimes be unfair. <laughs> Do you agree, dear sister, that the life of a Christian to the world may seem boring, unfair, and honestly, even those of us who profess Christianity and try to live Christian principles, in quote, may think that it is unfair, it is hard, confusing, and not fun. You know, you got to you gotta be somber all the time, you got to da-da-da all the time, and well, I am far from not having fun, okay? I mean, the dry jokes and humor that I throw in here and there, hello. I love dancing in the gym. I love having a good time, especially when I'm by myself because of my introversion side. Um, but being a Christian doesn't have to be boring and it doesn't have to be, you know, so uptight and it doesn't have to be so confusing and it doesn't have to be a lot of things that we struggle and make it out to be. And so our episode today in the Heart Transformation series is what I'm calling, you know, being a Christian can sometimes be unfair, but it is so worth it. Unfair in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of God, you are everything. You are everything. And so we're going to get in, okay? I must say that I do agree that being a Christian can sometimes seem unfair, but that is our natural mind talking, our natural tendency, our natural thinking. And it seems or feels unfair to the Christian who is yet to avail their heart 100% to the Lord. Why don't you give your heart 100% to the Lord? A lot of things that you may think as unfair will actually be like, wow, actually, you know, I really don't care for that. You know, I really don't want to be part of that. So I have had bad days. 
and I have had good days. Do you have bad days and do you have good days, dear sister? I have had the worst times of my life and I have had the best times of my life. Have you had the best times of your life and the worst times of your life, dear sister? Do you have long days of processing the various life happenings? I have had long days of processing the various life happenings and sometimes weeks on end. I sometimes have a need to have a mental break, like just don't do anything with my mind. Do you sometimes have a need to have a mental break and just be still, don't do anything with your mind? I have lost friendships as recent as this year, 2023. Have you lost friendships like, you know, recently? And not to mention the greatest suffering, right? We don't want to suffer and nobody likes to suffer. I don't like to suffer, but sometimes, somehow, it always finds me at the ungodly time. Like you're unprepared for it and suffering is like, hello, here's your test. Do you take it? Do you accept? <laughs> do you like suffering, dear sister? And when it finds you at those ungodly times, how do you receive, embrace, reject, or neglect it? We have our natural tendency of how we receive, embrace, ne neglect, or reject it. And then we have this supernatural ability to walk through the fire, right? I prayed for days, months, and no improvement in supplication. But that one right there prayed very little. As a matter of fact, some people will pray or even not pray at all. And boom, everything is working for them. And for those of us Christians, we pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and nothing happens. And you're wondering, God, why am I praying all these prayers and nothing is happening? But that person right there, they don't pray. They don't even believe in you. And they got everything, everything. So yeah, sometimes, you know, Christianity seems unfair and, you know, we have our problems and things that we kind of walk the Lord uh, to the Lord, and he just has to help us, right? It is a serious matter, dear sister, when you really think about it. <laughs> but guess what? While it may seem unfair, we do have a greater mission, right? We have a greater mission, not about others, but about ourselves first. God pours into us first, and then we're able to pour into others. So he is focused on us, on our character, more than our skills and what we bring to the table. The world looks at what we bring to the table. The Lord says, who is coming to the table? Did you catch that? The world says, what are you bringing to the table? The Lord says, who is coming to the table? So he's looking at character. So today's episode is about us, Christian women and men, and how we complicate such an uncomplicated God. <laughs> so I want you to come on in, dear sister, and let's get our hearts right, okay? Let's go! Free podcast and the wider ministry of Godly Women and Company is 
to help you heal and transform your heart and mind as you choose to honor God, serve others, and live free in Christ every day. We are all about pursuing healing and holiness, okay? Like you're pursuing these two things because they all are one when it comes to our lives with Christ. I believe healing is our choice. And once we embrace that process, we can truly heal others as we are healed. So I say healed people heal people. <laughs> I want to welcome new listeners, viewers on YouTube to Godly Woman and Company, where you can experience biblical well-being coaching, discipleship, and community with God, grit, and good grace. Registered, trademarked, boom. <laughs> You can find more about me at www.chiefjoyactivator.com. And you can also find our work at godlywomanandcompany.org. Yes, 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 yes. So I have a bit of an announcement, just one. Um, my friend, Bryn Green, I've been talking about her on the podcast. Uh, I want you to visit unfadingbeauty.com and check out the Faith in Action Summit series with her. Today, when this podcast is launching, is when my segment for the series is launching as well. So I want you to go to unfadingbeauty.com and register and watch the 20-minute conversation that I had with her about faith in action. All right? All right. So hmm, the show. I will give you a list of things that makes being a Christian unfair and difficult. And then I'll also give you a list of things that makes being a Christian easy. So which one do you want first, right? Before we get started on the list, I want to go ahead and define some terms. Christian, disciple, believer, follower. Let's go. So a Christian is basically a person whose behavior and heart reflects Jesus. And in that, uh, these believer, a believer in Christ's is someone who believes in Christ's existence and believes in his message, embraces and accepts him as a savior, and you trust him as your Lord, master. I could go on just on that one, but I'll continue. A follower is someone who is influenced by Jesus's life and way and strives to align to his teachings and ways, okay? So believer, you believe, you trust that there's a God, there's Jesus, you know, Holy Spirit, you believe, you believe, and then you go about your ways, right? A follower is someone who is influenced by Jesus's life. Think about followers on Instagram and all these other places, right? You follow, you follow, you follow, but sometimes people don't follow you back. And what is that? What's the essence of following, right? So, you strive to align yourself to his teachings and ways, but then you also have your ways. So someone that you follow on Instagram, you might be inspired by their way of living, their lifestyle and all that stuff, but rarely will we pick up and follow every single thing from, from, from beginning to end. We just pick up a few things, maybe, hey, I like what you're doing, I'll try it. Hey, you know, that recipe looks good, I'll try it. But you don't follow their lives every single day, every single hour. It's just one of those things. So you follow, but you also have your ways and you're trying to follow them, but it's kind of like, eh, right? And then we have disciple, disciple. Disciples are followers of Jesus, okay? So disciples are followers of Jesus, 
but not all followers are disciples. Think on that. Disciple is a big step in your Christian faith. It is more than being influenced. It is your commitment. And that's the base, the main basic word when it comes to the difference between a follower and a disciple is that a follower is someone who is turning into being committed, fully committed, fully committed disciple. Like that's when you are like, okay, everything that I have, I'm pursuing God. My heart belongs to the Lord. I'm not pursuing my self-desires. It's not about myself, self, self. It's about God. Using me and mine and my becomes less of a focus. I'm actually reading A.W. Toza's book, The Pursuit of God. It is so good, y'all. It is so good. And it's actually transforming my heart even greater when it comes to my personal pursuit of God and my personal relationship with Jesus. It's just transformative. The book is just transformative, very convicting through the Holy Spirit, but very transformative. So discipleship is about commitment. And this is where the invitations that Jesus gave to follow me and I will make you fishes of men, which is found in Matthew chapter four. And the other one, deny yourself your way, take up your cross and follow me as so poignant. Matthew 16 is where you find that. Think about people you follow right now. Would you deny your ways completely and take up your ways? Think about that. The celebrities you follow, the people you follow for podcasts and all that stuff. Would you completely drop everything and say, hey, can I be your disciple? I just want, I'm committed to you. Like everything, anything you say, I'll do all that stuff. No, personally, no, I won't. Because it's not all parts of their ways of life that I really like, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to drop my life and pick up your life. That is the Christian walk with Jesus is deny yourself all of these worldly pleasures, the idolizing of stuff, the materialism, all that stuff, you know, the comfort that we always want to have. Deny yourself of all that. Even the the the, the one who was like, let me go and bury my father, da, da, da. he was waiting for his father to pass, get it, get his inheritance, and then say that, okay, I'm ready to follow Jesus. So some of us are like, let me just get the youthfulness out of me. I'm going to club. I'm going to just party. I'm going to do all these things. And then when I get the youthfulness out of me, then I will come look for Jesus. Some of us think like that. I've I've, I've heard people say that. And is that really what we want when it comes to pursuing healing, pursuing Jesus, and just being at his feet? I won't. I won't drop everything just to follow somebody just like that, especially a human being. So no. So why do you follow people like like that, right? There's always a reason why we follow people. You like certain things and you believe they have certain influences to better your life. Basically, that's it. That's why we follow them. So there you have it. Some foundational definitions about being a Christian as we dive into today's topic. And being a Christian can be easy, but it can also be hard in this life journey, just to be honest with you. It's not and, or. It's not, you know, it's both. It's just, it's, it's not or, it's it's both. You can, you can, you're a Christian. It doesn't matter where you fall, believer, follower, disciple, it doesn't matter. 
um, in the grand scheme of things, it does. But for this conversation, wherever you fall, it's really and or it's both. It's both. It's both. It's both. It's easy and it is hard. But isn't that life though? Like life is sometimes easy and life is sometimes hard and we just need to navigate it and navigate it well, you know? So whether you're a believer, a follower, a disciple, or still figuring out your connection to Jesus, one thing is for sure, you need church. Yes, you need church. I've heard some people say that they are Christian and also, you know, at the end of the day, they don't need to go to church to figure out their connection with Jesus. I don't need church to be saved. Mm, people say that. I don't need church to be saved. Well, yeah, you don't. I mean, you can be saved, you know, in the privacy of your home, you know. However, you do need church to help you sustain and pursue sanctification, that deeper holiness, that deeper relationship with Jesus. I actually was going to say, yeah, you don't need church to be saved, but you need church to stay sanctified. <laughs> then I remembered that in church, we are all a bunch of people who also need help healing and all that. But that doesn't mean that we can be sanctified in church. That is actually where you need to go. And if it's the right kind of church, you will get convicted, you will get helped, you will get to be like the church will just help you. And unfortunately, there's a lot of church hurt as well. So you do need church to help you sustain and pursue that deeper relationship, the right Bible-believing, God-honoring church, if I might add. Let me qualify that. Because the irresponsibility of some of the churches out there has led others astray, and so some people have denied and left church due to church hurt. The church attendance across the U.S. is down 12 points from 32% to 20%, according to Gallup in 2019 poll. But there is hope because attendance is now on the rise again amongst key demographics such as millennials. Woohoo! That is great news. And I believe that the church is a place that has all types of people, people searching, people seeking, and people sitting. Let me talk about that. People searching, they're searching for answers to problems, right? People seeking, they're seeking for direction in life, in healing and so on. And people sitting are sitting with God and waiting for something from him. Yes. So all of us fall in this one of these. Today, I will say that I'm one of those that sitting in church, sitting, sitting and waiting with God. I mean, my waiting season. And I'm waiting with God patiently for things to happen um, as he has called me to, to do some things. And some of us fall in these categories. So you need church because when I go to church, I get filled up with this word. It's kind of like dessert because during the week you, you must read his word. You must get into it. And at the same time, you get community. You get to hear other people's stories and you get to feed into other people. You get to pour into other people. You get to 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 help other people and by so doing 
and it is a principle in the word, you get filled, you know? So just sitting down and thinking about your problems all day is not going to help you anyway. It's just going to sow you deeper and deeper into depression, anxiety, all these things. Get up, go to church and help somebody, okay? <laughs> One of the key aspects of our deeper relationship, actually the only aspect of our deeper relationship with God is work. We've been talking about this, the heart. Bottom line, y'all, when it comes to Christianity and everything that has to do with it, you know, God is looking at us Christians and is like, did I ask you to pursue that? Did I ask you to do that? You know, you've blasted my name all over that project and all that stuff. But how is your heart? How is your heart, dear sister? Like, how are you taking care of it? How are you nurturing your heart so that when that motive, that desire to do this, to pursue that, to, 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 to kind of look at that person in a certain way comes, you're quick to just tap into the Holy Spirit. You're quick to listen to the Holy Spirit and you're quick to just deny yourself. Can you deny yourself for the glory of God? Can you totally deny yourself for the glory of God? That's a heart posture and that's a heart question. Scripture says in, in many ways that the heart is desperately wicked and some places it's sick and no one can understand it. No one can really understand the heart. For as much as I am on this uh, purpose journey with the Lord and teaching about the heart and healing and holiness and all that, sometimes I actually don't even understand my own heart sometimes. And then I have to submit it to Christ and say that, teach me what's going on. Why do I have this? thought, this feeling, this intention, this, this motive, this desire. Can you help me figure it out? Yeah. No one can understand the heart except for God. And then to know God, we must deny ourselves so we can be committed to him fully. Committed, 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 total commitment to him. As I'm reading A.W. Toza's book, one of the things that I'm coming to an awareness of is that in today's society, the pursuit of self has completely, completely replaced the pursuit of God. Think about that. The pursuit of self, self-actualization, self-confidence, self-development, self-this, self-that, self-care, self-love, self-self-self. And it has replaced suddenly, slowly in our hearts, it's replacing our pursuit of God. Whereas when we pursue him and keep him first and look to him and pursue that relationship with him, denying ourselves those pleasures and all those things, he's going to fill us up with the pleasures that are going to sustain us, that are going to give us the self-love that we need, the self-care that we need, the self-development that we need. And, and you will no longer be striving to do it in your own effort, but you will be seated at his seat waiting for him to pour in. I have learned this fine you know, relationship with the Lord where anytime I sense fear in me. I know it's not from him, one. Anytime I feel like I am just straining to get something done, it is out of character. It's not the Lord. And I have to come under his command. I have to come under his alignment and wait 
And that's where it really gets uncomfortable is that waiting period, especially when there's kind of like a deadline, right? Uh, right now, as I'm sitting here, there is a contract that I need to sign, but I'm waiting. The Lord is like, wait. And this wait is like, but Lord, I got like five days and I got like four days. And he's like, just wait, just wait. And just before I started recording, you know, I was, when I was getting ready, I was thinking about that. And all I kept hearing the Lord saying is that, wait, just wait. And inside me is all these, is all the, the thing, the feels that you probably can imagine, right? When you're, when the deadline is so close and you're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, but he says, wait. And I was like, okay, I trust you. I'm going to deny myself the pleasure of doing it my own way, the pleasure of, you know, swiping my credit card or the pleasure of this. I'm going to deny myself and I'm going to wait and see what you're doing. No one knows the heart. The weight of being fully committed, denying yourself can make a believer remain simply a believer. It can make a follower remain lukewarm here and there. And it can make a disciple live in depression because they can't seem to find joy and meaning in the toughest aspects of Jesus's ministry. I want you to think about that. This, dear sister, is where most lose Jesus in their heart because it gets to be too much. I'm just going to be a believer and, you know, I'm just going to follow him and, you know, take a bit of here, bit of there, bit of that, bit of that and do my own patchwork and just, you know. This, dear sister, is where most of us lose Jesus in our hearts. He's still in our mind, but in our heart, he's far. And stick with only the head knowledge and a relationship that is based on, I serve because I believe Jesus is blessing me materially. I serve because I believe Jesus is going to heal me. And when he doesn't heal me or he doesn't heal my loved one and my loved one passes away, then I'm questioning and doubting and retracting and, re you know, moving away and pulling away because all of a sudden the head knowledge can no longer sustain what the heart needs. God said his plans will prosper me. So let me do what I believe I should do and chase this prosperity, this material thing, this lifestyle, this soft life, and all these things that a lot of you are blindly following on Instagram. Let me follow this person. And then you're feeding your spirit with a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And the one thing that you need to pursue, you're not pursuing. I'm looking to the side. For those of you on Insta, uh, on uh, YouTube, you can see um, it caught my eye because I have this book, The Pursuit of Holiness by Jerry Bridges. And I haven't read it yet, but it just caught my eye. And I started to kind of chuckle within me a little bit because I'm like, wow, you know, there's so much to pursue with the Lord, so much to pursue with the Lord, healing, holiness, and all those things that you can do. So yeah, God said his plans will prosper you and, and all that, but are you waiting for him to tell you what those plans are and to show you what to do? Because really when God calls you to do something, he's going to start with you, your character. And oftentimes it will lead you to denying yourself. It will lead you to putting aside that 
worldly desires that that will within you and he all of a sudden God's will will become your will and you're like how did that happen and then you've come to realize that deep 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 within your yearning you had always dreamt of this same thing that God is now giving you that you think came from the Lord and you're struggling with it in the beginning but all along this was the deepest 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 yearning the ones that we are pursuing right now is what we think we, we want to fulfill that deep yearning. But if we strip away everything within us and allow God to come deep within us, we will see that that deepest yearning and the material things and the people pleasing and all that we are doing is really just trying to fulfill what's really on the inside. Mm, mm, mm. A heart truly committed to Jesus would look like when he asked Peter three times to feed his sheep. If Peter loved him, when we truly commit to Jesus, discipled by his word, so many things about our lives to be, when critically examined against the word by the Holy Spirit of God, who convicts us of the sin nature in us, so many things, behaviors, actions, we wouldn't engage in and indulge in. Woo! It's awesome, right? It is awesome that God does, you know, that he does these things to help us. And he does not love us by our sins, but looks to our hearts instead. Think about that, dear sister. God does not love you based on how much you haven't sinned or how much you've sinned, but he loves us and looks to our hearts. You know, people look on the outside. God looks on the inside. This is why Christianity isn't easy and it shouldn't be walked as a lifestyle, but rather as who you are, a child who has the Holy Spirit of God dwelling on the inside. And so you don't grieve the Holy Spirit, but you give him attention to thrive within you. Sin does not just, just sin does not, you know, jive well with the Holy Spirit. And each day we must pick up that cross and follow Jesus and deny our de ourselves those desires, impulses, indulgences, and listen for that nudge. And whatever he shows us, tells us to do, we obey. I must tell you, I love me a good Nigerian movie on YouTube. Like sometimes when I'm working and I need noise in my ear, daytime, I will be watching Nigerian movies. And um, today, you know, it, it was one of those things. And I do this very often. I practice silence fast. And this morning, as I was getting, again, ready, you know, the Lord was, you actually started last night where he was like, tomorrow, I want you to do a, a whole day silent fast, which means you're going to work in silence. You're not going to be listening to YouTube and you're not going to, da, da, da. you're going to do everything in silence and fast and pray. And initially I was like, oh, but that's what we're talking about. Deny yourself those impulses, those desires, those indulgences, the, that comfort and listen for that nudge. And so right now I am on do not disturb on my phone all day, just so I can focus and hear what he's trying to tell me while I work. Obey. So what are the deadly baits that traps the heart and make Christianity seem unfair. Relationships, when our relationships with people and things are not going the way it is, it can trap us 
and we fall into that part of our hearts that is all about feelings and emotions and you know negative thinking and all that. And so when we get into the relational aspects of us, we can be trapped by anger. We can be trapped by offense. We can be trapped by hurt. We can be trapped by hosting wrong thoughts. We become a reservoir of the wrong kind of water. Ooh, think about it. The living water, Jesus, wants to dwell in us. But what are we doing? We want to be a reservoir of that living water so we can pour into other people, so we can speak life, so we can do life well with other people. But rather, we are hosting these negative thoughts in our minds and hearts. And before we know it, we are now a reservoir of the wrong kind of water. Wow. Bitterness is another one, which is our internal war itself. We are so bitter. Betrayal is that external war against self. So internal war against self is the bitterness and betrayal is the external war against self. And so we grieve the Holy Spirit of God in scheming and revenge and wickedness. Don't say that you don't do it because it starts in our hearts. We think about it. We we kind of say jokingly and all that. It starts somewhere. That's what I, I always say that, you know, when someone acts out, including me, it had already started somewhere. You know, if I'm not careful with my mouth and all that, I can say something, you know, sarcastically and all that. It starts somewhere, the discomfort we feel and, you know, the hurt we feel. And before you know it, we are just doing something that is out of our character and out of our nurtured nature. Unforgiveness is another one. We harbor unforgiveness. And the greatest one being disgust. Once you're disgusted by somebody, you're disgusted by somebody's behavior and all that stuff. You're teetering on hatred. Yeah. In the Bible, it says there are six things God hates. Seven he detests, right? He doesn't say people, you know, the behavior about what people do, the things that people do, you know, lying tongue, all that stuff. He doesn't like the behavior, those habits. The only thing that Satan wants from us is to steal, kill, and destroy. He does not offer life, dear sister. Satan does not offer life. What he offers is basically a moment where you're going to be depraved in your mind, and he's going to have a field day with you as a result. Satan does not enjoy your happiness, your joy, your peace. And so he's going to disrupt it. I repeat, the devil, Satan, the enemy, whatever you call him or it, does not offer life, dear sister. He doesn't. The script is the same every time. He just looks for a willing participant, a willing host to pray on. That's it. As a Christian, you must increase your praying time in the presence of the Lord, not your praying time in the presence of idols that infect your heart and make you sick and sin. Rewind, rewind, just go back a few and listen to that again. So why is Christianity unfair, hard, and it's just tiring, boring, all that stuff? I feel that the improper practice of being a Christian and 
discipleship as Jesus's followers will make us feel as if the Lord's way is hard and unfair. It feels hard because we are being nurtured. A part of us is stripping away so that the, the new nature, the part of us that God really wants to be present can be present. So for some of us, when it gets to be too hard, we remain lukewarm. You do the practices of Christianity with being fully clothed in him because when you truly give him your whole heart, he upends your life so he can mend, heal, and make it whole. Stop. When you truly give God your whole heart, you go through that honeymoon phase. And then he's going to start to really strip things away. The, the hardships, the suffering, all those things. That's the transformation. You think the caterpillar, it's easy for the caterpillar to just transform into a butterfly? It's not. But it has to be done. And so if you're out there listening to me and you're going through some sort of a stripping away, you feel like a part of you is being stripped away and you don't like how discomforting it is and how unnaturally it feels, just stay there, dear sister. Stay there. Stay in the word. Because soon you will transform from that cocoon, from that caterpillar into this beautiful butterfly. That transformation is going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. I believe that. And so he upends your life so he can mend, heal, and make it whole. God focuses on your health first. Seriously. The health of your heart. To be transformed into his likeness. So then you can glorify him and others. And may others also be transformed. How does a parent want their kid to go out there looking? You don't want your kid going out there looking all like, you know, they're not a part of the family and all that. You clean them up. You dress them up. So that when they go out there and they're being like praised and all that, it's glorifying you. Ah, that's the same thing with our Lord. He wants to transform us, our hearts. So when we are out there, we are not making a fool of ourselves. <laughs> so we are not making a fool of ourselves. You know, he wants to say that, yes. And that's why he says it in 2 Timothy, that study the word so you can show yourself approved. And in the, in the other verse that I was, what I was reading today, he says, present yourself, you know, present yourself to the Lord. You want to present yourself to the Lord in a way that shows yourself approved. That when you're walking on the street, you know, he's so proud that that's my daughter. Yes, I cleaned her up and she went through the fire. She went through the test. She went through every single adversity that came her way. And now look at her. Diamond, diamond. Christianity may seem unfair and hard because our nature is being nurtured and our nature may not always be in agreement with the nurturing. However, to fully bloom into the righteousness and holiness, we must allow the nurturing to take place. Nurturing done by the spirit, of course. Also, Christianity is hard because we compare our future as Christians with an unbeliever's today and think we are forever stuck here. 
Mm -hmm. Christianity is hard because we fill our hearts and mind with toxic stuff and thoughts and the world and still expect the Holy Spirit to fill us and find the environment that we have created good enough to dwell in. Think about it. If you walk into your kid's room and the room is messy and all that, will you stay there? No, I won't. The Holy Spirit will not dwell when there are all these other things in there. So we must remember it's hard because we fill ourselves with this and then we are like, ah, oh, Lord, come in. And he's like, well, there's no room. I, you have no room for me. <laughs> Christianity is hard because we do not know the king, the father. We do not know how to connect with him. So we are denied access and left to fend for ourselves. After God has tried and tried and your will is your will and, you know, you won't forgive and you won't do this and you won't do that. He's just going to wait. He's just going to wait. And then you're like, Lord, you have deserted me. He's not. Find where you need to get closer. Oh, again, that retreat is going to be amazing. Find where you need to get closer and connect with him. And you have to be ready, y'all. You have to be ready. Christianity is hard because we try to control people in their behaviors when the only thing we ought to be controlling is ourselves. Now that's a quote from my husband. We're talking about this story that I'll tell you, I'll, 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 I'll share soon. And he said, well, because we can't control people and we try to control them. But we have to be able to control ourselves. I talked about self-control in the previous episode. Our heart thoughts, our mind thoughts, our verbal sayings, our verbal non-sayings and all that. We try to run other people's lives and it doesn't match what you think it should be. And so you struggle. Christianity is hard because we live in the natural, but we must operate from the supernatural in the natural. What I want to do I do not do. Romans chapter 7. Why be filled with the worldly spirit, such as alcohol, FYI, when you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost? Mm. Christianity is hard because the word, the Bible, the Holy Bible, is a very rare but true reflection of us. And we don't like it. We don't like it. When it says, like today, for example, the scripture that I read is from 2 Timothy um, 16, and it talks about ungodly talk from your mouth, gossip. And I, I, I was read, okay? I was read and I didn't like it. And I was like, oh, dear Lord, help me because that right there is everybody. We say it without even thinking about it. But then when you read it and it captures your spirit, sit with it. Instead of just saying, oh gosh, that's rebellion. And the rebellion hurts our own selves. It hurts, it hurts us. It hurts our heart. And rebellion can slowly lead into basically just our hearts being like, I, I like some parts of the Bible and I don't like some parts of the Bible. Hmm. Christianity is hard because why do I have to choose between what I want 
and what God wants. That's free will, you know? So free will can put us in a blind bondage. Hmm. So now that I've given you why Christianity is hard, let's talk about why Christianity can be easy. And how can we do that? How can we, how can Christianity be easy, right? Christianity can be easy because it is a choice and you get to choose. You get to choose. Once you choose it, get ready. <laughs> get ready. It's a choice. And that's the beauty. You know, choose life, choose death. One of those. But if you choose life, these are the conditions. So I love it when people say, well, God's love is unconditional. <laughs> yes, 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 listen. The relationship with God is conditional, like any other relationship. Your relationship with your children, your relationship with your husband, your relationship with your friends, your relationship with your coworkers, all that stuff comes with some conditions. But you love them irregardless of whether they meet those conditions or not. That's God. That is God. But to have a relationship with him and for him to have a relationship with you, that's got to be some agreement. And agreement in itself is a condition. Mm, 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 mm. So you get to choose, dear sister. And if you choose well and you are committed to his way and that part about denying yourself and waiting and being discipled by him it's a beautiful thing christianity is easy because there's an opportunity to let someone else carry your burden i love it it is not your journey without the lord with with the lord you know it's not your journey because you know that the journey is in partnership with god it's the lord and so you surrender and you yield and that part is all about waiting once you surrender and you yield, you're being, you know, asked by the Lord to wait. And sometimes we don't like that. Christianity can be easy because your whole being, your heart gets to be transformed. You become better, not better. Let me say it in my Ghanaian accent. You become better, not bitter. Now, let me go to the American. You become better, not bitter, okay? <laughs> it is so beautiful. So, so beautiful. Christianity can be easy because you have been adopted into sonship of pure love. Only a father that loves like God understands, even when the son is going through a sinful season. Remember I said the relationship is like conditional. It comes with conditions. Christianity is easy because you get to know God. You get to know Jesus and you get to know the Holy Spirit. Beautiful. Christianity can be easy because you get to choose to do right things, good things things, holy things. It's not even just good and right. Do holy things according to the word. The things that 
if you had your way, you would just make that person's life miserable. And you have every right to, you have every reason, you have every means to make that person's life miserable, but you choose not to. Mm. You turn that cheek because yeah, the battle is the Lord and you're like, Lord, you said in your word that vengeance is yours, you will repay. Whatever you do, I give it to you. I give it to you. Christianity can be easy because you become a reservoir, a host for the Holy Spirit. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. It can be easy because obedience differentiates the believer from the disciple. Ooh. That one. Obedience differentiates the believer from the disciple. It can be easy because you gain a new heart, which makes you pure. And it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Don't you want to see God? Your heart, pure. Christianity is easy and can be easy because you develop a sixth sense to laugh at sin and still know that forgiveness is the grace we freely enjoy. You also know that being a Christian is knowing a perfect God. And you also know that carrying the burden of sin is too heavy and burdensome. And so you give it to someone who can carry it all. And Christianity is easy and can be easy because you can immediately experience the fruits of the spirit, including the ones that are mentioned in 2 Peter or 1 Peter, one of those. Over the weekend... I experienced a moment of life, you know, where I was caught in a comparison trap, I would say, between, you know, like how you've seen your accomplishments be embraced by others versus what, you know, someone else that you're close to, their accomplishments being embraced. And so I was just sitting there comparing and that's when, you know, in conversation with my husband, he said, you know, you can't control people's behavior. And he was absolutely right. And that's when I said, man, being a Christian can be unfair sometimes. And I guess the Lord helped me because immediately he said, as I was getting ready later on, he said, that's where you're going with the episode. Everyday life can sometimes make us feel like Christianity is unfair. Like in this moment, I'm kind of like, wow, you know, yeah. And it makes you feel that subtle, like you're not good enough or, you know, nothing that you do will ever suffice and all those things. And it makes you just, yeah, it takes you there. So sometimes being a Christian is hard and it's unfair. And you're like, Lord, you know, why does it have to be this? But being a Christian is meant to take us from glory to glory. So in this moment, the Holy Spirit caught me and said, stop, stop, celebrate them, celebrate the accomplishments, your time, your day, whatever it is, I am preparing a table 
And it's going to be so beautiful in the presence of whoever it is, your enemies. So don't sit here and get caught up in comparison. Celebrate them. And just make sure that when you do, it's coming from a pure heart posture. And I was like, yeah. And that nature nurture happening within me was happening, you know, because the not nature part was like, but, 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 y'all on YouTube, you can see my facial expression. <laughs> but the nurtured part was like, no, Katie, no, okay, no, love, love love y'all it's amazing and i find it fascinating when i can literally just see myself you know in that that posture just like the caterpillar like i mentioned just you know it's you, 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 you can see that taking place in like the wow it's beautiful being a christian is meant to take us from glory to glory and so I want to conclude this episode with a reference to a particular Bible verse that really enlightens truth for us about what we gain as Christians on a healing and transformation journey, pursuing God, and what this glory to glory looks like. Because a lot of us really in the world today, we are, we are like, you know, our purpose as Christians is really to to love God and glorify him. And we've allowed the things that we do to replace the glorification of God. So we are out there promoting more of the things more than the person. And we are like, oh, it's glorifying God, you know, but our intent, our motive really within us is our pockets, our comfort our security, our safety net, our wealth, all these things. And we just slap God on it and say, it glorifies God. But God, again, will be saying, your heart. You know, I'm looking at your heart, girl. I'm looking at your heart. And so as we go into this scripture on glorification and glorifying God and God taking us from glory to glory, we must remember that when God takes us from glory to glory, he wants to put us in a place where, <clears throat> excuse me, he wants to put us in a place where when people look at us, they know him and not just the things that he gives. They know who this God is. If I'm following somebody on Instagram, if I'm looking at somebody's life and they're saying this glorifies God and all that stuff, I want to know who this God is and how you in your heart glorify him. That truly is important to me as a believer, as a follower, as a disciple. It is so important because it influences me in a way. So, well, don't blindly follow. When people are saying all these things, even worshiping and all that stuff, look at the, in you can look at the intent or the motive, but if you really peel back what are they talking about most of the time? Are they talking about the things or are they th talking about the person? Because talking about the person will draw me to him. Talking about the things will entice me to want those things. Ooh. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, and we all, 
with unveiled faces, continually seen as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. God does not go human to spirit. God is spirit to spirit. So if your spirit is not right, you cannot enter the throne. You cannot come to him. You know, that's why he's like, let me get it right. Come to me. Let me get it right. Because I want you to see me. Beginning in verse 16 of 2 Corinthians 3, we learn that in the cultural context of that time, whenever the law of Moses was read, it captured the religion of the people, but not the relationship of their hearts to God. Mm -hmm. Their hearts were veiled, that is, blinded by the sins in their hearts. And so, like I said earlier, a lot of us are doing the head knowing of God, the intellectual, the, the knowledge. I know God and all that stuff, but our hearts are saying something different. It was only when a person turned their hearts to the Lord in repentance that blindness was taken away. Their blindness and their sins were taken away. When this happens, you experience freedom in your heart, freedom in your strongholds, and so on and so forth. However, today, because of Jesus, our faces, which is our hearts, are unveiled. We are no longer blind if we choose to truly accept our nature the way it is and look in the mirror and choose to see ourselves as we are enough to say that, Lord, I am not worthy. Please come in and help me transform. A lot of us can't say that because we are so comfortable and we like our lifestyle and, you know, all these things that we are doing, we're pursuing, you know, all these things. And so we can't truly say, Lord, you know, <laughs> strip away all these things and come in because it's hard. It is hard. It is only through that true repentance, that humble posture, knowing that we cannot compare ourselves to the holiness of Jesus. That is when that transformation truly is happening. When a veil is lifted off the face of a bride, it is lifted forever. Beautiful. Beautiful. When you choose to be transformed and changed, you're changed forever. And you must believe that process of transformation and be willing to allow a permanent change to occur in your heart. Just go, just go, follow and allow him to do what he does best. When we are in this posture of humility and change and transformation, we are then continually changed into his image. And then we are able to experience the ever increasing transformation into who God created you to become, not your sin nature, but your sanctified natured self. And so glory to glory, truly, that's what it is. From increasing change and transformation to more increasing change and transformation that glorifies God, that says that you have my stamp of approval, dear daughter, what you're doing, you know in your heart of heart that it is for me. It is for me, you know. And this glory to glory, this sanctification comes only from God, who is the spirit. So your human nature, your sin nature, needs to be transformed for you so you can see him. Your spirit can see him. 
When I was sitting on the couch contemplating what to do with the myriad of feelings running through me as a result of that comparison of how I was celebrated by my family versus how, you know, another person was being celebrated and all that, I realized that, wow, Kate, if it wasn't for the heart posture where God is king in your heart, I would be sitting in offense and bitterness, and that would lead to isolation, distancing, unforgiveness, and so on. And there's a lot of things about my history, my family, you know, relationship with my father and all that, that can keep me isolated, distanced, and unforgiving of other people's wrongdoing. But I choose not to. The devil will not win and I would lose. If I give in to the devil, I am losing and that ain't happening. And that's when, if you're me, you say, not today, Satan not today. And you do everything within you to come under the Lordship of Jesus's way. Focus on your heart, Kate. Whatever you think you have been overlooked for, trust that I will fill you up. Replace those thoughts of lack and rejection with thoughts of gain and acceptance by me. Go against your nature, Kate, and let the Spirit guide you into a better way of being at peace in your soul. You see, when you have been rejected for so long and misused by people, the devil will capitalize on that and remind you of that brokenness. The devil will capitalize on whatever deepest yearning you have, that brokenness. He's going to capitalize on it and tempt you every single time. But when you become aware of it, now you know. So even when the temptation is coming, you are already ahead of the game. You're like, no, 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 no. I see what you're doing and it's not going to work. And you go against the grain. You have your brain too. Your brain will try to protect you and all that stuff. So you also have to be aware of how your natural body and tendency is going to operate. That's why you pull from the spirit. But now you know better. And so you disrupt the devil's agenda with that of the spirit's agenda. If you make yourself the host of the Holy Spirit. Oof. Christianity is not easy and it's not for wimps. It is hard and for those who choose to live a life after Jesus' life and desire to have a pure heart. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Don't just keep God first as most people do. Allow God to flow in your heart. Teach you, lead you love you, transform you. Don't just say, I keep God first. How do you keep God first? Where do you keep God first? Ooh, that's even a better question. Where do you keep God first? In the Bible on the shelf? In, 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 in your bathroom? Like in a picture frame that you look at? Where do you keep God first? It has to be your heart. And if he's in your heart, trust me, the lifestyles and all that, it will be reformed. It will be transformed. So there you have it, dear sister. It, it's light, but also probably not, right? <laughs> Three thoughts for today. When you accept Christ as Lord and Savior, you get baptized and begin life as a Christian, right? That is like the early stages of being adopted into sonship where you start to experience a honeymoon phase. What a pleasure it is that the grace of God saves you. 
And when you're saved, your faith gets you to the feet of Jesus. Your heart gets you to see his face and behold all that he wants you to be and do. Your faith will get you to his feet. Your heart will get you to see him. Hmm. Being saved is great. Strive in the spirit and refuse to grieve the Holy Spirit. Go against the grain and the urges to be like others out in the world who know Jesus with their heads, but not their hearts. You were bought at a price. You are anchored in the one who is seen by those who know him. You are more than a conqueror. Yes, being a Christian may seem like you're giving up on pleasures of life, but you're not. But what would it be for you to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Don't idolize the things of Jesus more than the thoughts of Jesus. Don't idolize. Your relationship with Jesus as your Lord means you yield to the master. It is easy for us to follow human master teachers in master classes more than the author and finisher of our faith. Ponder on that a bit. The author and finisher of your faith. If you're postured there, you will see him. When you trust, you surrender, you yield, you wait, you listen, you obey. Yes. When you trust someone, you surrender, you yield, you wait, you listen, you obey. Three actions for you today. Remember our upcoming retreat, January 18th through the 21st, and the registrations are filling up. So if you're part of it and you want to be a part of it, go ahead. In the coming weeks, I'm going to be sharing stories about our host sister, about our speakers, one coming from Germany, Germany, Germany. She surprised me and I'm so thankful and grateful. It just warms my heart every time I think about her and how I had to drop on my knees this week and praise God um, for for that. I, I it, well, it came unexpected. She's coming from Germany to be with you, dear sister. So if you haven't registered, go ahead because this is your time for you to get closer to the Lord, renew your heart, and just basically go into 2024 with a bit more assurance, knowing that this God has got me. And I, I know where he sits in my heart. He has all of it. And 2024 is going to be amazing. So we will share more stories and speakers and all that stuff, agenda, FAQs, all that stuff is coming. Also, follow us on social media platforms. You know where they are, wherever you find us, Godly Woman and Company, Chief Joy Activator. Um, follow us so you can get more inspiration, so that you can be informed and you can be transformed eventually. Here are some healing heart habit actions that I want you to consider and journal about. Question number one, how am I being a Christian? Believer, follower, disciple, where do I fall? And what do I desire and want as a relationship with the Lord? He knows what he wants for you. Mm -hmm. Who or what have I idolized in my heart in place of God? And question number three, how does God make my walk easy or hard? Like how, how, how is my walk as a Christian? Pray, 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 pray. Action number three, pray. It took a while. And I've been praying on some things. And while not everything has been realized, 
I believe the Lord is working and I stand on that. It is always great in a time for me when I get to sit down and teach on, you know, principles and help you grow in the ways of God, pursue holiness, pursue healing, and just heal your heart. Just heal that heart. Living free is everyday godly decisions that frees your heart and mind, feeds your heart and mind, and focuses your heart and mind, dear sister. My heart is full and I hope yours is too. Listen, dear sister, I want us to be different. Godly woman and company, you know, when you're, you're a godly woman, but who's in your company? Live in the fullness of your calling. I, I am so happy that you found me and I found you and we get to do this together. And so the transformation of your heart and mind is definitely happening. And I know that I hear from you. I see that. And I just want to hear from you. Just send some feedback. And I want us to choose to be free, choose to live free, choose to stay free, being faithfully renewed, encouraged, exceptional women and men of God. I am Kate, your Chief Joy Activator. Until next time, may God's goodness and mercy follow you always. And as always, remember, healed people heal people. So I want you to go out into the world and heal someone today. And remember, Christianity may not be easy, but listen, when you do it right and when you know the God that you serve and he sits in your heart, it is so easy. Even the bad days and all that stuff, you're anchored. You're anchored in this being in this person who knows you and loves you and just wants to see the goodness in you shine. So choose to live free.